hello, hello, and welcome back to Paladino Live. This is June 18th, 2008. This is episode number 17 of Paladino Live here on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank you all for downloading, and it's great to have you listening to my show. Tell a friend. If you like the show, definitely spread the word. Let's keep things a-rolling as the ratings are starting to move forward. Now, this show is going to be strictly my favorite sport in the world today, basketball, because the Celtics, my second favorite team in the whole world, and I mean in any sport, are the world champions, the world champions in the year 2008. The Boston Celtics finally win their 17th championship. This is my 17th episode. Uh, what else was there? Oh, it was yesterday was the 17th when they won their 17th championship. And 17 times 17 equals 30, or plus 17, excuse me, equals 34, which was Paul Pierce's number. And Paul Pierce was the MVP. So, yeah, after all that, what do you do? I think my tongue's in a twist now after all that, but hey, it's some special stuff. Now here on thesportstuff.com, we do have a call-in line. It is 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263, and it is a voicemail treated as such. So basically say which show you are calling for, state your comment, and move forward. And then you will hear your lovely voice on the air along with my lovely voice, or, well, if that's what you'd like to call it anyway. Now, as I said before, well, the Boston Celtics are the world champions which is just great, and it was unbelievably emotional for me as a fan of the Boston Celtics. A Well, then again, as I said, they're my second favorite team. So, yeah, pretty strong fans. Not quite the reaction I would have if the Minnesota Timberwolves won the NBA title. That would be a lot like the way Kevin Garnett reacted last night. It would be pretty emotional stuff. But um, with that said, we're also going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves on this show as there will be a draft a week from Thursday, which will be unbelievable. A week from tomorrow, just unbelievable. I cannot wait. We're going to get into that as well, as this is just going to be basketball, basketball, basketball. Now, I will get directly into things right now, right here and now. And um, this was an incredibly entertaining series. It was just absolutely unbelievable as the uh, Boston Celtics, well, I picked them to win in seven, and they won in... Six, so go figure. They, they basically overachieved in this series by uh, by a game. But to me, you know what? They overachieved overall. They were just unbelievable. I thought this is going to be a much closer series than it was as the Celtics, as I was saying before, they were like a momentum stock. I mean, they just kept building momentum, more and more momentum. They just kept getting better and better and better as the playoffs moved on. They struggled against Atlanta, but they blew the Hawks out in Game 7 in Boston. Okay? Go figure. Now, they, they early on they struggled against Cleveland, but they looked more precise against the Cavaliers, and they had to be as the Cavaliers were a better team than the Atlanta Hawks, especially that unbelievable Game 7 between Paul Pierce and LeBron James. That was when... You could just see it coming. You could see the Boston Celtics were a better team than they had been performing at that point and that they were the best team in this league this year, and they were indeed going to win, as I was uh, suspecting all the way back in December that this team has a Chicago Bulls type of uh, makeup, just an unbelievable team, absolutely unbelievable. Now, with that said, they are not the Chicago Bulls. They are not quite at that level, but 
they have some similarities in terms of utter dominance and greatness on this team. It was a beautiful team. As, uh, well, when the Boston Celtics took on the Detroit Pistons in the conference finals, well, that was finally a series that didn't go to seven, as the Boston Celtics beat the crap out of the Detroit Pistons, in my opinion. A, really, really played some great basketball, and the momentum continued to grow. More and more strength from the Boston Celtics. Go figure. And then what happens in the NBA Finals? They play even better against the Lakers than they did against the Pistons and the world champions. Now I'm going to get directly into the games of this series right after this quick announcement. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and... Go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here, only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. And we are back here on Paladino Live. And, well, the last show I left off with the Celtics leading two games to zero, and as expected, as the whole country, the whole world expected, the Los Angeles Lakers win game three, but they uh, win only by six points, 87-81. So it was a tough battle for the uh, L.A. Lakers. As, uh, well, we had a spine-tingling first quarter, 20-20. to The Lakers tried to pull away. Six-point lead. You know, they win the second quarter, 23-17. Boston Celtics come out firing. They score, they beat the Lakers 25-17 in the third, but then the L.A. Lakers make up for it with a 27-19 finish in the fourth quarter and, of course, win again, 87-81. Ray Allen, absolutely huge in this game, as Ray Allen has been humong- was humongous this entire series. Absolutely awesome in this series. As uh, 5 of 7 from 3-point range, 8 of 13 from the floor. Just absolutely beautiful. Uh, 25 points. But that was just a, that was about it for the most part. Kevin Garnett was only 6 of 21 from the floor. Paul Pierce, 2 of 14. So a very tough night for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And um, that was the story of the game for the Lakers, or the Celtics, as the L.A. Lakers. Kobe Bryant has his best game of the series by far. Scoring 36 points in this game. Kobe also shot over 50% as he was 12 of 20 from the floor. 12 of 20. He got to the line 18 times, made 11 of his free throws, as that's just the way this deal went for Kobe Bryant. Missed some free throws in this game, but it didn't really matter as the Lakers were able to pull this thing out. The only problem is, well, really, the only L.A. Laker that contributed in this game was Sasha Vulisic, who was 7 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 5 in 3-point range. So he had 20 points off the bench. Other than that, Paul Gasol struggles again, only 9 points. Uh, Radmanovic, pretty much worthless this whole series, only 3 points and 1 rebound. You had Odom with only 4 points and 5 fouls. Just terrible game by Lamar Odom. He did get his 9 rebounds, but he also got 5 turnovers, so that was ahead of his assists, who he had four assists, but yeah, five turnovers. That's terrible. But the Lakers win anyway. But this game four, 
Game 4 was the story of the series by far. The absolute story of the series. And this is why the Celtics won the NBA championship. The LA Lakers open up the first quarter 35-14. to 35-14. to 14. I was watching this game with Paul Tuna versus Canop. We were literally slumping over on the couch watching this game because every single shot the Lakers were taking was going in. And the Celtics were just settling for lame, lame jump shots. We were just like, oh, my God. Well, gosh, this thing's going to be tied up. I mean, we expected a seven-game series, but it's like, man, the Lakers, huh. The Lakers, you know, I, it's like I believe the Celtics are going to win this thing, but the Lakers certainly had a chance the way it, it, it looked like this thing was going to head. But the Celtics just kept chipping away and chipping away. But it was about some point in the second quarter. It was... Like, what's, huh, they just kept chipping away, and you just started to believe a little bit more and a little bit more. And so did the Celtics, of course. As guys like James Posey, unbelievable off the bench, and he hit uh, big three after big three. He was four of eight from the floor. Dramatic game by James Posey, 18 points off the bench. Eddie House also pretty good. Four of nine from the field, two of four from three-point range, but... Definitely helped the Lakers, or excuse me, the Celtics make some runs here. It was just incredible. Kevin Garnett was solid in this game with 16 points, 11 rebounds, 7 of 14 from the floor, not bad. Paul Pierce struggled early, and I mean struggled early, but gutted it out, and he started making more and more big shots down the stretch. Ray Allen, huge, 6 of 11 from the floor, only 2 of 6 from three-point range, but he hit the ones that counted. Made all five of his free throws, got nine rebounds and three steals. Ray Allen, again, huge in this series. Rajon Rondo, not much of a factor, but Eddie House made up for it. Sam Cassell, not much of a factor either. He played a little bit early on. <laughs> Just missed a three-pointer. That's pretty much all Cassell did. I think that's the last time Cassell played in this series. But, no, the Lakers looked like they were going to demolish the Celtics. But it was just unbelievable how the Celtics continued to chip away. Now, as I said, 35-14 in the first quarter in favor of the L.A. Lakers. 26-23 in favor of the Celtics in the second quarter. So Celtics chipped away a little bit, but that third quarter is what made us all believe. And I'm telling you, it made us believe. 31-15. to They had pretty much eliminated the Lakers' lead. It was a two-point game going into the fourth quarter. I turned over to Paul, and I said, do you believe? And he simply nodded. Paul Tuniverse Canif simply nodded in agreement. And, um, you know, there was no doubt in either of our minds at that point that the Boston Celtics were going to win this game. And they did. <laughs> they did. It's 97 to 91. This was one of the most emotional games I've ever seen in my life. It was unbelievable. And, uh, it was just absolutely something, as we knew right then and there, the Boston Celtics were going to win this championship. It's like, yeah, you, we picked them to win, but it's like, there it is. There it is. They're actually, It's actually really going to happen. Kevin Garnett is going to get a ring. Paul Pierce is going to get a ring. Ray Allen is going to get a ring. And even P.J. Brown, don't forget him. You know, Cassell had his two rings when he was young, but he's finally going to get one more before he retires. Just absolutely unbelievable game. And the the look in Paul Pierce's eyes said it all when he pumped his fist up in the air, raised his arms in the air, and hugged Ray Allen. He just knew right then and there. And, you know, they all knew. They could taste it, as Kevin Garnett said after that game. But, uh, well, the series wasn't over yet. And uh, why should it be as another predictable Lakers victory in Game 5? Lakers win. Lakers win. 
103-98 over the Boston Celtics as they came out absolutely firing, 39-22 in the first quarter. But then it's like, yeah, uh-huh, like the Lakers are going to hang on to a lead. No, they're not going to hang on to a lead. Boston Celtics win the second quarter 30-16. to But this time the Lakers sustain as they win 24-18 to in the third quarter. Boston outscores the Lakers 28-24 to in the fourth, but it was not enough. Paul Pierce had 38 points in this game, folks. The NBA Finals MVP had a huge game here. He made 16 of 19 free throws. Wow, just unbelievable. 10 of 22 from the floor. Kevin Garnett's, uh, his will, his stats are solid, like 6 of 11 from the floor, but he missed two key free throws down the stretch, and just classic Kevin Garnett fashion, according to a lot of people around here and nationally, who have been down on Kevin Garnett's lack of fourth quarter prowess. And that is why, well, you know what? The reason why the Boston Celtics won this championship is not because of Kevin Garnett, but because Kevin Garnett, you know, with all his talent, finally had guys who were taking and making big shots down the stretch in Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Now, we'll get into that in a second as I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Because, uh, Celtics didn't win this game, folks. <laughs> so, my bad. Ray Allen, 3 of 8 from 3-point range. A little bit overshooting there when you're not making them. But what do you do? He's Ray Allen, not Rashad McCants. Um, Kobe Bryant, this was a team effort by the L.A. Lakers. Kobe, 25 points. He did have 6 turnovers, but he got 5 steals, so he almost made up for it. 4 assists, 7 rebounds. Very good game by Kobe. Um, very, very good game by Kobe Bryant. Absolutely. You know, Derek Fisher had it 15. 3 of 10 from the floor, though, so... Kind of tough, but he made 8 of 11 free throws. Derek Fisher is classic uh, slashing game. Constantly attacking the rim and drawing fouls. That is Derek Fisher's game. Pau Gasol had his best game of the series. He had 19 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks. Is this Pau Gasol? He's finally back to what he was and why the Lakers got to the finals. Well, yeah, for one day. Yeah, 6 of 10 from the floor. 7 of 10 free throws. Not too bad. Lamar Odom steps it up, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 8 of 10 from the floor. Lamar Odom, his best game of the series. It looked like he was going to have a, have a great game in game uh, four, as he had, what, uh, what, like 15 points in the first half and then nothing, absolutely nothing in the second half, or was it 17 in the first half and like two in the second. So Odom totally disappearing, but not on this particular night. Uh, even Red Monovich gets seven points. Well, we're happy for you. Uh Jordan Farmar, solid, 11 points off the bench. Vujicic, absolutely disappearing, though. 2 of 10 from the floor, 0 of 5 from 3-point range. Vujicic, the worst player in a Laker jersey on this particular night. Um, but, hey, such is life. Sam Cassell, though, did have 9 points off the bench as he was part of a run by the Boston Celtics. So, no, I'm wrong. But Sam Cassell did play in, in another game. I'm mixed up in my head. So, yeah, he helped lead the the comeback a little bit as he was a plus 23 for the game. That is huge. Him and Posey were the only plus players in this game. Well, other than uh, Tony Allen, plus four. Posey a plus nine. But, um, well, the Lakers stave off elimination for one more day. But game six was the story. Uh, a lot of us expected a... Close victory by the Celtics in this game. Like, they probably gutted out an eight-point game. But this was an absolute, uh, this was a team in the Boston Celtics that were so hungry to win a championship that it 
it showed so much. I mean, this was a floodgate that opened that I've never seen before. I mean, this was unbelievable. 131 to 92, folks. 131 to 92. Absolutely sick game by the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be a close game when it was 24-20, but something clicked. Something about that second quarter with the LA Lakers, Boston Celtics, as they go 34-15. and It was about halftime, or halfway through the second quarter, that this Boston Celtics team exploded. And I mean exploded. It was a thing of beauty. The only problem about it, though, was that it took away from the drama of this game. And it may, it, it just, as a fan watching the game, being it's not my home team, but it is my second favorite team, a nice, strong second favorite, still very emotional in the end. But, man, it would have been funner, though, if this was a closer game, like game four, which was, that was the emotional game of the series. But, uh, well, Kevin Garnett, before this game, was made fun of by Peter Vesey in the New York Post. Peter Vesey, like myself, had been, has been a critic of Kevin Garnett the last few years. He called him the big counterfeit, or, yeah, the big counterfeit, believing that Kevin Garnett is just about stats and not about getting the big shots down the stretch. He wants franchise player money, but does not have the franchise player mentality. Now, I do believe Kevin Garnett has the franchise player talent, but, yeah, the mentality is not there. No. The mentality is there in Paul Pierce, and that's why Paul Pierce was the MVP of this series, because he was the, the guy who led the way down the stretch. Um, didn't have to do that here in this game. No, Paul Pierce did not have to do that in this game. As, uh, it was just a floodgate type of game. Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, 26 points apiece. Kevin Garnett having his best game of the series. And um, it had nothing to do with Kevin Garnett being clutch. He just played great, and that's what counts. Um that's pretty much when Kevin Garnett stands tall is when his team is doing well, things are going well, and, uh, well, he's a part of leading the way in that sense. When it's a close game, Kevin Garnett struggles. But when he's able to pull his team away earlier on and they then get into defensive mode, like Kevin Garnett is the best defensive player in the league, according to the, you know, according to all of us this year who, you know, I didn't vote because I didn't get to, of course, <laughs> but the people that did vote for him, uh, yeah, they voted for the right guy this year. I thought Garnett deserved a Best Defensive Player of the Year award years ago with the Timberwolves, more than once, but finally gets it. Um, Kevin Garnett, huge in this game. The play of the game was when Lamar Odom fouled him, and Kevin Garnett was leaning backwards, and he just let the ball go, and it went in, and he just laid there on the ground as I believe the Celtics were taking a, what, oh, they were probably pushing a 20-point lead at that point, or were pushing a 15, 18-point lead or so. The way Kevin Garnett just laid there holding his hand up, he knew, that was when Kevin Garnett knew it was over, <laughs> because the Celtics are not the kind of team that are going to completely let go of a lead. The Lakers are, because they're not a very good defensive team. But Boston, well, they've let teams come back, but they still finish the game. That's what Boston did in game too. And uh, yeah, Kevin Garnett at that point, you know, you could tell he knew it was coming that this was going to be his night, the greatest night of his basketball career at that at that point. And, and you could just feel the emotion starting to set in at that point, as it really was for me and for uh, Paul Tuniverse Kenneth, <laughs> as we were enjoying this game as well, because this was the big one. You got to hang out with your friends for this one and enjoy it. 
The Lakers put up no fight whatsoever. Boston just absolutely sick the whole game. 34 points in the second quarter, 31 in the third, 42 in the fourth. I mean, my God. They just kept throwing up threes because the Lakers had given up, and the Celtics really were, you know, they wanted to at least make it look like they were trying instead of just, you know, saying hell with it. And they kept making their threes. It's Ray Allen, 7 of 9 from three-point range. Posey makes all three of his. James Posey, huge. I hope the Boston Celtics keep him, and they they need to. P.J. Brown and Sam Cassell most likely are going to retire, as uh, P.J. Brown was pretty much retired. The Celtics talked him out of it and brought him back in, and he was a factor, a big factor. Cassell most likely done as well. Um, they'll be missed. Hopefully the Celtics can continue this thing. And um, uh, there's no reason to believe that they won't. But as I said, yeah, Ray Allen just unbelievable in this series, unbelievable in this game, despite the fact he had his eye hurt on a foul by Lamar Odom. He came back and got it done. I mean, he was 8 of 12 from the floor, 7 of 9 from three-point range. Uh, that is just sick. Rage on Rondo absolutely steps up on this night. His CSC missed a lot of easy layups early on. And, uh, you know, that's Rage on Rondo's deal. He's he's young and he's he's still... Still getting comfortable out there in terms of just getting used to playing NBA ball, I guess. But he did manage to get 21 points, six, six steals, folks. There were 18 steals by the Celtics in this game. Yeah, eight assists and seven rebounds. Rajon Rondo, to me, is like a defensive version of Sam Cassell. When Sam Cassell won championships early on in his career, taking, you know, making big plays down the stretch. Uh, Rajon Rondo is a defensive version of Sam Cassell to me. Just a gutty young point guard who is playing with superstars but is also getting it done out there. It's a beautiful thing to watch, Rajon Rondo. And um, that's why Kevin McHale wanted him so badly in that Kevin Garnett trade, but it didn't happen. And, uh, well, that's how it goes. The Celtics needed Rajon Rondo to complete the roster, to complete the starting lineup. And, boy, good for them for keeping him. As that was a great, you know, Great job by the Celtics there as uh, they saw Magic and Rajon Rondo, definitely, as he is going to have a very successful NBA career, in my opinion. Now with that, oh man, I am telling you, it was so emotional watching Kevin Garnett. Now as I've said before, I have criticized Kevin, I criticized Kevin Garnett the last, oh, five years or so, you know, when he was on the Timberwolves and such for not taking big shots down the stretch, yet wanting the big bucks, for constantly being more of a Scottie Pippen, complimentary-type player all these years for the Timberwolves. Rather than being a go-to guy, give me the damn ball like my, you know, like Jordan was, Tim Duncan, you know, guys like that. Hakeem Olajuwon, who just was unbelievable in, in his day, hitting the big shots down the stretch, leading his team to titles. Kevin Garnett, you know, just to see him... Holding that trophy. I mean, on this night, all of that is out the window. And it's not because Kevin Garnett won a championship. It's not because, you know, I'm going to say Kevin Garnett was the main reason why they won. Because he wasn't. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen did their job as much as Garnett, if not more, this season. Especially in the playoffs, that is. Garnett was great in the regular season, and that's what he's always been. But not a big shot type of guy down the stretch. But... It was just so beautiful. I mean, Kevin Garnett was not the kind of, is not somebody you really root against, in my opinion, despite the fact, 
yeah, you know, he was disappointing with the Wolves for the most part. I mean, it wasn't all his fault, as the Timberwolves did not make big moves to get big players down the stretch. They did not make the right moves, and they had the opportunity to get big players in the draft. They didn't keep Ray Allen. They got Marbury. Now, we thought Marbury was the future. A lot of us did. And we're, you know, we're all, you know, we all got fooled by that one. But I don't know what to say. They could have gotten somebody better earlier on. They could have got Cassell earlier on when he was younger. Maybe that could have been it. But um, the Celtics knew what to put around him. And uh, and just to see Kevin Garnett finally in that situation, holding that trophy in tears, you know, in that interview, saying this one's for Soda. You know, that that felt good to hear that. It did. Now, I'm not going to come up here and cry and say, oh, I'm so happy for him because, well, this isn't the Timberwolves winning the championship. It's Kevin Garnett and the Boston Celtics winning the championship, which, as a Celtic fan, to me, that's cool. Most Timberwolves fans might not care that much other than Kevin Garnett finally winning, and that's good. But at, at least for one night, it was so nice to see Kevin Garnett release those emotions once and for all to finally – have all that pain and disappointment go out the window once and for all. It just was so so nice to see. It it really was. And uh, as a Timberwolves fan, it only made me hungrier, though, to win a championship now because, well, Kevin Garnett got his, and we got to see him. And it's like, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> that's about how I'd feel if the Timberwolves finally won one here after all the crap we've been through. And we're talking a lot of crap. As a... Uh, as we're about to segue into the NBA draft here, the Timberwolves, well, they need to start making the right moves. They need to start making the right moves so they can build a team like this, the Boston Celtics. Maybe make good draft picks so we can make a trade. Or, well, maybe we'll have a Ray Allen and Paul Pierce type of guy to go with Al Jefferson once and for all. We'll see, and we're going to get into that very shortly but first, I'm going to say congratulations to the Boston Celtics, the 2008 NBA champions, and Kevin Garnett, congratulations on finally achieving your lifelong dream to be an NBA champion. And um, it just was so beautiful, and I wish you the best. And if the Timberwolves aren't winning the championship, I want the Boston Celtics to win the NBA championship. And uh, don't be surprised to see these two clubs in the finals again next year to get to revive that Boston and L.A. Beat L.A., baby, beat L.A., to get that rivalry going again. Just like the good old 80s. You know, these teams aren't quite as good as then. You know, there's no Magic or Kareem. You know, there's no Bird and McHale and Parrish. But I'm telling you, though, (laughs) these are some sweet teams, especially when Andrew Bynum comes back. Expect these Los Angeles Lakers to be a huge factor next year. Expect them to be heavy favorites in the West and expect the Boston Celtics to be favorites in the East. It's going to be a big series next year. And uh, when Andrew Bynum goes against the L.A. Lakers, potentially in the finals next year, should these teams return, it's going to be a fun, fun series to watch. I hope it happens. I hope it does because it's very unlikely the Wolves will be there. So uh, I hope it happens. It'll be so much fun. And with that, I'm going to conclude this NBA Finals talk. And we're going to do some quick NBA draft talk with the Wolves very shortly. Again, congratulations, Kevin Garnett. And, uh, well, when we win a championship, that one will be for you. How about that? We'll blow the kiss back to you. All right, we'll be right back. 
here on thesportstuff.com. Get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Paladino Live, and it is time to do some quick Minnesota Timberwolves talk here on Paladino Live. Now, once again, this is thesportstuff.com. Now, real quick before I get into Wolves talk, I'm going to mention super quick that we do have a message boards here on thesportstuff.com. Simply click the TSS boards button in the upper right-hand corner, sign up, get a screen name, as there are message boards, you can interact with all of us new members, or all of us members. There are many new ones, and there are going to be many more as this site is continuing to grow. You can talk sports in there, and just maybe, maybe, just maybe, you'll be, you could even, uh, be a, be a podcaster. Simply contact Dylan and, uh, send him your stuff. Maybe, maybe you'll make it on board. You'll make the team with us. That's the Viking slogan. <laughs> just like that Purple Mafia, uh, commercial you just heard. That's my other podcast. But anyhow. This is Paladino Live, and our favorite team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And with that, we do have a draft coming up next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, or today, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's Thursday already for you. But um, the Timberwolves still picking third as of now, and uh, I would assume they're going to keep, they're going to hang on to the pick because I don't think it'd be very wise if the Timberwolves where to trade down. I just don't see the point of it. I really don't. As uh, thankfully, the Minnesota Timberwolves are um, projected to take O.J. Mayo in the in every mock draft. Now, even on the Yahoo one, as that one kept saying Brooke Lopez for the longest time, but every mock draft has it going as follows. Chicago Bulls take Derrick Rose. Miami Heat take Michael Beasley. Minnesota Timberwolves, O.J. Mayo. Kevin Love's stock has been rising, though, as he's the fifth, and Jared Bayless has remained fourth the entire time going to the Sonics. Definitely a good pick for them. Um, Eric Gordon has moved up to the New York Knicks now. Danilo Gallinari has dropped down to the New Jersey Nets at tenth. Go figure. I have no idea what's going to happen with those guys with, with Danilo Gallinari. I really don't know. He could go anywhere. He could go as high as uh, third, really, but I, I doubt it. But really, ultimately... The Wolves are expected to take O.J. Mayo. As here on Yahoo, it says that Mayo adds talent to a backcourt that had high expectations but has very little thus far. This may not be his first choice, but they call it a draft for a reason. And, yeah, that's the thing. O.J. Mayo may prefer to play in Chicago or or, or Miami or whatever, but, hey, it's going to be Minnesota if the uh, Heat pass on him. As, you know, you'd think they will, but who knows. There is constant steam about O.J. Mayo going to the Miami Heat, number two. And, yeah, that's when the uh, the pipe dream of Michael Beasley slipping to the Timberwolves to play alongside Al Jefferson, which would be sick. It'd be awesome. You'd have a nice front court with Al and Michael leading the way. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. We're all going to find out sooner or later. It's just going to be pretty cool stuff. Um, 
some people think that the Wolves may trade down and land uh, in order to pick up Kevin Love. Now, uh, I just heard Fred Hoiberg on KFAN not too long ago tonight on the Sludge and Lake show. And, uh, well, he, he, the, from what he heard about Kevin Love, he sure seems to be interested in him as uh, – Kevin Love is the kind of guy who's really good at starting a fast break, getting the uh, the rebound and, and getting out, getting an outlet pass, and he also can hit three pointers. As Kevin Love would be a small forward in the NBA, as he's a six eight and a half or so, so doesn't necessarily solve the Wolves' needs though. For some reason, they have they say power forward center here on Yahoo. Yeah, no way. He's not a he's never going to play center unless they're just going to play small ball or whatever. Uh, I just don't see that happening. Now they're saying you know, Kevin Love lost 15 pounds and he's in uh, better shape and all that good stuff. He looks great. That's nice, but <clears throat> is he really the kind of guy you want to take with a uh, you know that you really want to start your team around? I, I I don't know. I mean, you're not necessarily going to focus the whole team around Kevin Love. It'd still be Al Jefferson's team. But when you have an opportunity to take the third pick, you better, I say, stick with it and get the best player available. I really do. And that guy is O.J. Mayo, as I've been saying nonstop for the past couple of shows. And so are all the mock drafts. The Timberwolves need to get O.J. Mayo. They need the Mayo passed over to the Timberwolves. And uh, <laughs> it's as simple as that. That's just pretty much all there is to say when it comes to this draft. Is It's just now... Uh, it's now just a, a, a waiting game. It's frustrating, but that's how it goes. The one other thing, though, is that Sean Marion is there. There is a pivotal day for Sean Marion, who is also who plays a very similar well position as Michael Beasley, small forward, power forward, whatever the three forward type of dealie. And um, there's talk about that they do not the Miami Heat that is do not want to have Michael Beasley and Marion on the team together. Uh, why? I don't know. I'd keep them both together if I were the Miami Heat. That'd be pretty wise, I'd think. And they probably will, but there's a rumor about that, that if uh, Sean Marion decides to opt out of his contract, the final year of his deal, worth $17 bucks. hello, yeah, I doubt it, but <laughs> if he were to, that's when the Heat would for sure take Beasley, of course, and uh, that'd be the end of that conversation. But if Sean Marion does come back, that the Miami Heat would strongly consider O.J. Mayo. And, of course, that is the more likely scenario because Sean Marion is not going to turn down $17 million. He's just not going to do it. Why would he? Because there's probably no chance he's going to get $17 million from anywhere else. He's most likely going to wind up with 10 to $13 million a year throughout his next contract, most likely. Maybe, yeah, maybe even nine at the beginning. I have no idea. Nine, ten-ish. Now, it's it's interesting. If the rumor is true, that's really interesting because then, yeah, like as I said, Michael Beasley and Al Jefferson together. Is that going to happen? So hard to say. It's it's driving me crazy. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. All, all it does really, though, is get people's hopes up. I'm not going to be disappointed at all. Though with O.J. Mayo coming to the Timberwolves, is, uh, you know, I was saying this is a two-player draft. And, yeah, there are two players that are on the absolute first tier. But O.J. Mayo is that third guy who is ahead of the rest. It's kind of there's the first tier, then there's O.J. Mayo, and then there's the second tier. That's how I see it. That's how I see it, folks. 
O.J. Mayo is kind of the guy in the middle, like the middleman in between the first tier and the second tier. So to me, it's common sense, despite the fact you have Rashad McCants, and you, you know you'll have too many shooting guards potentially, but that's where maybe you trade Rashad McCants and one of the uh, second round picks or so to try to get a late second round or first round pick, excuse me, and uh, maybe you try to pursue D.J. Augustine. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I think at that point, if you get uh, O.J. Mayo, you probably are going to have be, be uh, have the idea of having Foley and Mayo in the backcourt. But who who knows? Um, maybe you go after DeAndre Jordan. Maybe you go after uh, this French guy who is, for some reason, evading me his name really quick. I'll give that a check. As there he is. Alexis Ijanka, Alexis Ijanka, they have him going to the Utah Jazz with the 23rd pick. Now, maybe the Wolves could go after him, as there is a lot of talk that this guy is a wonderful player. This guy has a chance to be really, really nice. Who knows? Who knows? You know, there's lots of steam about about Chris Douglas Roberts, that he's going to be something awesome. CDR, they call him, from Memphis. Six foot seven, two hundred pounds, shooting guard, small forward. Now there's another deal where he, he, it's a position of well, <laughs> it's another position of wealth because you got Rashad McCants and Corey Brewer that are kind of small. Well, at least Corey Brewer is a shooting guard, small forward. So then, what do you do with McCants and Brewer? Do you trade them both? Or I, I don't know. Ultimately, we're going to have to find out. As uh, there's going to have to be some decisions made this off season. As you keep say, what if we? What if Michael Beasley does come here? Craig Smith is pretty much gone, no matter what you do. But is Ryan Gomes gone? Who knows? Who knows? It's there's so many questions and so few answers at this point. Is uh, I'm not saying the Wolves are super deep, but there are guys in this team that that deserve a uh, a longer look than they might get. You don't want to just give up on certain people and then they blow up somewhere else. Like what if? Ryan Gomes continues to get better. What if he turns into a Shane Battier? You know, what if Craig Smith gets really solid? And we're crying about letting him go. It's happened before. A lot of us saw Chauncey Billups as a backup point guard in the league, or maybe a third guard, and look at him. He was an NBA Finals MVP and a perennial all-star for the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah, just never know. Yeah, never know, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, this is going to conclude today's show. Here's hoping for the best for the Minnesota Timberwolves to make the right move or moves in the 2008 draft. I'm probably going to have one more show before the draft. We shall see. If not, I will have a show after the draft. It also depends on my schedule because it does fluctuate. That's how the service industry works, folks, and when you work evening. So we'll just have to find out how that goes. And with that, I want to make sure all of you do sign up on those message boards here on thesportstuff.com as it is 100% free and 100% fun. Don't forget to check out my my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. Lots of entertaining videos, lots of fun stuff, uh, sports videos, entertaining game reviews, the double dribble video, always hear about it. I hear people at the store love it. All the time, customers come in, talk to me, and tell me how good it is. Um, people on here seem to love that one as well. Definitely check it out if you haven't yet. 
And hey, you maybe send me an email. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Do send me an email with a comment. Anything you like. Tell me how you feel about the videos. Maybe subscribe to my to my YouTube. That'd be terrific too. Do check it out. And I want to thank all of you again for listening to Paladino Live. This is episode 17. And I am signing off for now. Enjoy the awesome summer. Take care. <laughs>